Hello and welcome to The Nightcap, our third coffee catch-up of the year so far. Well, January, I don't know about you, feels like it's so slow. Like, it feels like Christmas was a month ago and we're only yeah. mid-January already. It's like, fuck. It's a shit month. Imagine not is. drinking during this month. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Going back to last week's Miserable. Yeah. Miserable. Yeah, why make it worse? It's cold. <laughs> Nothing to do. Some yeah. of us are having caviar for breakfast, though, which is uh, not yeah. too bad. Walked me, in on you. Me, Laura, and Gibbo. I had, um, Laura said that she had a meeting this week about caviar, but I didn't know what day it was. And mm. I come in. I was like, who's that? Sat down. <laughs> and then, I was like, oh, caviar. Lovely. I'll sit down as well. <laughs> yeah, it's this company from Bordeaux. Sturia, I think it's pronounced. Yeah. yeah, they brought us a few different ones in to try. Beautiful Lovely. caviar. Yeah, yeah. 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 Perks the job, that, isn't it? Exactly. Is that what happened often in the industry? Just suppliers just say, can we just come in and show you what we got sort of thing yeah it's quite nice yeah the best ones are wine yeah <laughs> and you know they're a good company and they want your business if they leave the bottles with you you've tasted Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah if they nice. if they cap them and uh, or put a court back in them yeah and they're off to the next one you know oh, i'm gonna take that home finish it <laughs> some restaurants will be like right i'm putting them on the wine flight like oh, honestly, oh really yeah. wow yeah sneak but, away and making a margin what we've done in the past though is if there's a few new wines like maybe if there's someone we know in or is a new dish we might trial some mm-hmm. just and see what people think or yeah. try it with a dish ourselves but yeah, I know you know some would like just to squeeze some more out the GP. Like yeah, I'll Blimey. get them on my wild flight for tonight, God rather than worried about the match. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is insane. So when you're doing these sorts of things, like in the morning, are you you're not thinking about too much. You're just literally tasting the caviar as it is. You're not thinking, about, oh yeah, this will go straight away with this dish, this dish. I do this, or do you mind just like accelerate when you do these sorts of things? Yeah, it does. It kind of perks you up and wakes you up a bit in the morning. Is it? Yeah, and it's nice because. It's something like up here doing private dinners. It's something I thought I've always thought. Oh, it'd be nice. I'll do a caviar course, or maybe as a supplement. Mm-hmm. Say, do you want it? And we'll do it in the middle with some nice little garnishes. Keep it simple. Do an ossietta or something really nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it got me thinking about that. Laura wants to put it on with a new cod dish downstairs. Ah, cool. Lovely. So you're looking at different types. You've got different flavour profiles. Mm-hmm. Some are more fishy. Some more salty. Some more creamy and buttery. Yeah. So like your ossietta is like bigger eggs. It's not as black. It's more of that dark browny, greeny color. Yeah, creamy, like avocado-y almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just a beautiful balanced flavor. So that that for me is better eating on its own, just off your hand. Wow. Or just on something simple like a blini with some champagne. But other ones with different flavor profiles, you better maybe for finishing a sauce or putting on top of some fish. It depends. Totally yeah, yeah. depends. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. What uh, are there any other like? big new things to the menu this year at the start of the year like any more sort of like coming with a bang you've not um, got a dish going on there. yeah I've really been leaving it up to the guys because their creative juices are flowing and mm. just not trying to do sort of stifle them too much or stop them sure um, like Gibbo brought a beautiful dish up the other day his new beetroot we, oh um, I saw that on your Instagram with the, like, the, the almost like the powdery sort of thing over the yes top. is that it yeah talk us through that one what is that um, so it's fallow deer from deer box in the Cotswolds um, which we've used for a while which is beautiful beautiful mm. deer They're on a little ragu just roasted simply not pissing about with a deer like just just beautifully cooked yeah um, it's a little beautiful beetroot puree it's slightly spiced um, a nice venison sauce and then some Roasted beetroot, pickled beetroot. So simple elements in essence, all beautifully mm. cooked. And the beetroot powder. You've got to be careful with beetroot because it's so earthy. It yeah. can overpower. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, it does have quite a quite a lot of flavour, especially like a delicate fallow deer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I just really loved about it, what was really clever, is something we haven't done for a few years, our own soured cream, our own cultured cream. Wow. Like some people, if they make sour cream, they put lemon juice and cream and whisk it. Yeah. That's not sour That's cream. Not sour cream. Yeah. 
because the sour comes from the culture. Right. And it's a different, you get lactic acid using that from, from that basically. Whereas if you're adding citrus, you're adding that vitamin C, you're adding that, what's the acid called? My mind's gone blank, but you're adding a different acid. It's a different flavor. Sure. Um, it might be nice to stick on jack of potato, but it's way too acidic. Yeah. So you create a cultured cream. So essentially it's cream, yogurt, buttermilk, and we just leave it at room temperature for two days. Yeah, oh, two days so it takes get, that long to... Yeah, to culture. So your, your yogurt acts like your starter almost. Yeah. It's got those... Um, Does it like double in size in that time or something? Or like, oh, no, no, it doesn't, to it doesn't change at all. Doesn't it just it starts, to, st- starts to culture. And just a spoon of that on the plate, it just gives this lovely fatty creaminess. Wow. Like rather than a creamy sauce, which is a different sort of texture, just cleans it all up and gives it this lovely mouthfeel, a little bit of fat that the dish needs. Lovely. So yeah, just nice, beautiful balance. And it shows that... You know, like Lauren Gibber, they've been with me for ages and they really understand the way I think about food and mm-hmm. really not only understand, they believe in it and buy into it. And, you know, yeah, yeah. so they're both really shining at the moment with some great dishes. That's so cool. Mm. Yeah, uh, here's a question then. Like, I don't know whether this is a bit too sort of like nuanced, but because your team, like with Lauren Gibber, they've been with you for so long. Like you say, you sort of know each other all inside out mm. when it comes to food. Do you ever stop and think, are we all too close to the fire because we work together for so long? So do you, do you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like sometimes when a fresh pair of eyes comes in, they look at things a bit differently. That could mm. be, do you ever wor- worry or think about like, we've all been together so long. Is there ever a chance we could box ourselves in somewhere? It's not something to worry about, but it's something that could definitely happen. And some restaurants probably, probably happens to them. But I think, I think part of the way we're thinking, it's... We're always going back to the ingredient. Yeah. You know, yeah, with quality with, of the ingredient. Ra- yeah. So we don't conceptualize dishes. We're like, how can we make this ingredient taste yeah. great? Yeah. So you kind of start this procedure every time. So as long as you're always thinking ingredient led first, yeah. you can't ever accidentally go down a rabbit hole of like doing your own thing in a weird and wonderful or boring way or whatever. Yeah. Not, not within reason. No, I mean, some people can. <laughs> they certainly can. But, you know, and we do bring things back that we've done before, but it doesn't stem the creativity because, yeah. and the important thing is, is just getting out, tasting food. And it's not about going and seeing what other people are doing and copying it. It's about, of course. you just get inspired by tasting things. And a lot of it is totally subconscious, I think, as yeah. well. Yeah. And nice. just, yeah, just seeing what's going on. Speaking like today, speaking to your suppliers, getting them involved and it sparks up that bit of we haven't used caviar yeah. for ages that's, or we've only had it on a tiny like bit like a yeah. fresh thing suddenly doesn't it then? exactly yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah or we get you know we get because you can you can get a little bit samey and then we had um, last year we were using this local duck um, from Worcestershire lovely woman she just popped in and she said look I really want you to use my duck can, mm. can I give you some yeah she sends them home and she does everything from like hatching all the way up to slaughter wow, really butchery and because you don't have to abattoir them they, they just do everything yeah. incredible kill them pluck them and then they, she delivers them as well bloody hell um, fair but, play and that's the kind of supplier we like to use it's like she's got X amount of ducks and we'll say to her okay we'll be taking maybe 10 a week for argument's sake. Yeah. So she knows there are 10. And we take, because we're committed to that, we take them regardless. And we'll yeah. use them. We might use some up here. Yeah, yeah. Tweet come around the menus. But when it's gone, it's gone. Yeah, sure. We're not like on the phone at the on end of the, the night. Right, we need, we need 10 duck tomorrow. <laughs> we need two tomorrow. It's, yeah. you know, yeah, it's this, this agreement. When it's gone, it's gone. And I, then, that makes perfect sense because that is an exciting way of working, but also sort of keeps you on a toe, in, on your toes, but in a healthy way, in a, in a way that you won't panic every time. Yeah. 
Does that make sense? Exactly. But it's a balance, it, isn't it? It like? kind of writes the menu for you because you, yeah. you can, you don't get lazy with it, but you, you, you can go a little bit tunnel vision sometimes. Yeah. If, if you're a chef out there and you're using one supplier, you do get this tunnel vision, you'll go to the safe things. Mm. And I've probably done it in kitchens before. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm busy, sure. that works, that works. We know that's a great dish. But when people are coming to it, you forget sometimes about ingredients. Like, oh, shit, we haven't had that on for ages. <laughs> yeah. But we haven't had... For instance, oysters on. We do them up here, but we haven't had oysters on. And you, you taste one, or you go out and you have an oyster. So we need Forget. to get this back on the menu. Yeah. Let's fucking do something with it. Yeah, so yeah, it all stems from those little things and reminders. Because, yeah, I mean, that even happens in houses up and down the country. Like, yeah. I mean, like me and Hayley will do a food shop and go, God, I feel like we have the same fucking meals every yeah. week. And then you, you'll have something. And go, do you remember we used to cook this all the time? We haven't had it for six months. But yeah. we do it at home, let totally alone a restaurant. Same it's thing. So, you go, it's like a merry-go-round. It's crazy. Yeah, and that, that's not when I ask my kids because I get bored at home of the stuff we have because they're not the most fucking adventurous. Um, <laughs> what kid is though, really? I mean, I know. Not, yeah. Esme's getting great though. Is she? Is yeah, she, she really that's is. That's exciting for you. Yeah, oh, it's great. And she wants to be involved. And when I'm doing TikTok videos, she wants to jump oh, in and out. Of course, mate. She wants you, to eat Dad's them. a TikTok influencer. That's probably, <laughs> she doesn't give a shit about the Michelin star. <laughs> Dad's a TikToker. <laughs> yeah. Ethan was reading the Guinness Book of Records last night. Um, and his, his reading's getting really good now. I mean, he's year one, so he's, uh -huh. he's still still learning with it. He was in bed reading it. He shouted at me. He's like, Daddy, how many TikTok followers have you got? <laughs> and I was like, I think... I had a look on my phone as well, I wasn't sure. It's like 118,000. That's baller, that. That is baller. Anyway, but this man in Guinness Book of Wrestle Records <laughs> got 65 million. Is that more? <laughs> so considering he's in the Guinness Book yeah. of Records, yes, it's more. <laughs> it's just a few more than me. So, oh. <laughs> One <laughs> day, mate. One day. Sorry to disappoint you, six-year-old. <laughs> yeah. yeah do, you, do you ever get stuck in the same meals for the kids because they're fussy? You, you I, end up doing the same ones like every week. For I them. do, and I ask them because when I was trying different things out, and they're not eating it, and you both, you all end up frustrated. They don't want to eat it. I'm frustrated because they're You're not bored. eating it. Yeah, you want to make sure they go to bed full, <laughs> yeah. and then that you know, but you don't want to be giving and just give them pudding exactly, and stuff like that. Yeah. So that is a battle. But now I ask them every every Monday. I'll ask Esme, "What do you want? Pizza?" Every Monday, I'm like, "No, you're not having it." <laughs> and Ethan will say, "Pizza, burger, hot dog." Like and I, we rarely have those things. Yeah. I like them, but like, but he he'll want it and then not eat it. We went to Five Guys the other day because he requested a hot dog. Great, didn't eat it. We sat forty five minutes of my stubbornness come out, and he's stubborn like me. We would not leave the Staring restaurant until he ate that hot dog. Forty five minutes. He was crying. <laughs> I was crying. <laughs> the tragic sight of a kid like crying whilst eating is yeah. really like ketchup over the face. Yeah, just really tears mixed with ketchup, just like yeah. I was like, you chose to come here. Esme didn't. I didn't because we were. At, it was when we were Christmas shopping. Actually, we went. Soliot went to Five Guys. Mm. Um, it was like it was your choice, and you're the one not eating. We're mm. staying till you're done. Fair and he ate half of it. Like I won't back down and stuff like that. I took his milkshake off him. He couldn't have any more nice. until, yeah, until yeah, he yeah. Um, ate his hot dog. Fair yeah. Man. But no, Esme, now getting really adventurous. I said to her Monday, what do you want for dinner? She went, tapas. Whoa, hello. Yeah, but tapas, exciting. like she loves charcuterie, yeah, yeah. which is eight. And that's one of my favorites. It does, like we had, um, I had my best mate over with his, his kid who's only just turned two. And like, so he's at the stage where he's he's just about pretty much have, can have the same sorts of meals that the parents are having now. Yeah. So I was doing a bit of food and we sort of portioned a bit off for him with a bit less butter and a bit, you know, all that. And uh, like, he just wasn't in the mood and refused to eat it and then had some, barely had some beans on toast later. Mm. But it was really funny because I don't have kids, but I was just looking at it and I was just like, 
as an adult now, I have to discipline myself to not eat between meals. Yeah. Whereas a kid, you cannot make these kids eat like a me- like if that was put in front of me, I'd just be like every day of the week. I'm just like, yeah. Even if I'm full, I'm like, oh, someone's cooked for me and it's fucking delicious. I'll just <laughs> yeah. eat all this. And as a kid, it's just like meant. Same with like your son at Five Guys. You're like, in what world do you not want that hot dog? Because yeah. even if I've had dinner and now I'm here. I'm eating that because it's in front of me. Yeah. Like, what isn't it mental that you go from as a kid, like just complaining, getting argy bargy about it, yeah, to one, it, to having to tell yourself not to eat all the time. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just like, and it's it's fuck, it is tough as a parent, but you've I found you just have to be really firm. Yeah, yeah. Like so easy to just give them, it, and then the guilt of like they're hungry, they're going to bed. But like even the other day, I had some pretzels, you know, the little ones. Yeah, um, lovely. And they're covered in the little sour cream. Oh, powder. they're the best ones. Yeah. So fucking more. They're amazing. Um, I give some to Esme, and she's like, "Oh, I don't know." I said, "It's the same as the fucking Pringles you love." Smashed them in. Ethan straight away don't like them. Oh. Don't like. I said, "You've not tried them. Yeah. You haven't even put it in your hand." Don't like them. I said, "Trust I me." Smell them. And he picked one up and he licked it. <laughs> And he just looked away and just slowly put it in his mouth and put his hand out for more. <laughs> he didn't want to admit it. <laughs> what is it, kids, man? Like, it's just so funny. They're yeah. all the same, though, with that. Like, why? They are. Why? If the like, hot dogs and burgers, for instance, the ones at school, they love that mm. absolute cardboard yeah. shite. Crack. Absolute they crack. love. If I do a nice one, if they're fancy, but just nice yeah. beef smashed down, yeah, yeah. keeping it thin for them because I don't like beef and. Like really thick. Yeah. Um, Plastic cheese. They're just, it looks different. No, oh. don't like it. Fuck. <laughs> we can stay in there. Worse than critics. Kids. Yeah. It's a shock, you know. Hard work. Anyway, yeah. um, what's going on in the world of food? I, I saw this the other day about the Bar Group Revolution. They announced that they're closing Mondays and Tuesdays completely now because of the energy crisis. Yeah. Such a big, like two whole days out of the working week just gone. It's a big decision for that a chain huge. place like that. Yeah, massive. I hadn't, until you said about it, I hadn't seen anything about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm slightly cynical about stuff like that. Um, a lot of big companies will use whatever is trendy as their excuse. Mm-hmm. Loads of companies did it with Brexit, loads did it with COVID, and now they're doing it with this. I would, I would assume it's more down to staff. Oh, really? Yeah, because like staffing issues and those being the quieter days, like that business model works for a lot of people. Yeah, and it sure. Perhaps but works. maybe the PR angle, like if we're being cynical, is to say that maybe. But like we're not saying Revolution are definitely doing that, but there is there could be other factors. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly, if they're quiet, like the, when I was younger, you know, people were out a lot more every night. That yeah, sort of yeah. socialising, going Because well, we were bored, we had off. nothing fucking to do. Whereas we can now just socialise on our phones at home. We yeah. probably don't, just don't go out as much, do we? Exactly. That nightclub era and that is changed now. Mm, completely. In Coventry, when I grew up, there was five nightclubs and there's one now. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. Like Mondays and Tuesdays, they're not really going to be busy. And you don't really no, go true. there for food, do you? No, that's true. So... Them, if they're quiet, keeping all the lights and electricity on is going to be expensive. But yeah, of course. I would say Especially staff where comes are. into it a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do. What's the um in general? What's been the upshot for you guys here with energy and you know, has it um, changed any bits, you know, things you do or even hours or stuff? It's, or? It, um, it's hard to cut back when you're already. It's already something that's been drummed into me for years. You're already really focused on. Yeah. So it's if you think back, and you've you got quite a lean like, machine here anyway. Haven't yeah. What What more can we do mm. without like making a Christmas eat in the dark? Yeah. Like, yeah. Without getting silly, what can we do? You know, obviously use the best energy bulbs we can that still look good, and you know, we're really controlling on the 
the all the other things. But the biggest issue we've got is heat in this building. It's a yeah, yeah. five hundred odd building. year building, yeah, yeah. no insulation and single pane windows that we obviously can't change. Mm. Um, you know, there's certain things you can put in like a false window and stuff, but it doesn't make a huge difference. Sure. It's not like a double, triple glaze, is it? I know it's not um, but just even downstairs in the kitchen and stuff, like having all the ovens on and stuff, use it like does that help generate a bit of heat just naturally from um, well, not now. No, yeah. Now we're all induction. The kitchen's fucking freezing. Oh, yeah, freezing. of course. Fucking hell, yeah. yeah. Think about that. So, like, this has caused... This has changed our business in that sense now. So, I was looking back at bills from last year to this year. It's really hard to compare because mm. we used to have a gas stove yeah. that was on all during all the service. Time. Yeah, yeah. The two burners were always on um, with that piece of metal on, like a stovetop. And so, that was pumping out a lot of gas. Mm-hmm. And that was heat. That was heating the restaurant from that side as well. So we've lost that heat going into restaurants. So it's more of a challenge to get the restaurant heated yeah. in the morning. Um, but also, obviously, our gas bill has gone down because we're not using as much gas. But it's obviously we, we use a lot up. normally anyway. So that's gone down. Electric's gone up a bit. Yeah. It is anecdotally, it's looking a bit better because the induction is so much more efficient. Yeah, we're using more electricity, but a lot less gas. Yeah, of course. But like. December, January, February is always extortionate gas bills for us anyway, just because it's cold. Heat in the place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a challenge. It's tough. Yeah, have you spoken to many other people in the industry that are, that are, because of the establishment they're in or whatever, they are having to do some big, bigger changes than usual because the energy bills yeah, are so much bigger few, or no? Most people I've spoken to have got buildings that are um, like. Uh, not as inefficient as this one, mm-hmm. but everybody's feeling the pinch and trying to do what they can. But it is, it does get to a point. Like the whole thing with with COVID, what used to piss me off, you've got to adapt, you've got to adapt, <laughs> which you do. And as chefs and restaurateurs, you're used to yeah, doing anyway. Because there's no at what choice point, to. At what point do you have to say, well, I can't adapt anymore? Yeah. The same with like heating and stuff. It's like, I can moan at people for leaving a light on for 10 minutes, but on the grand scheme of things, that's fuck all. yeah. yeah. But other than that, we're really conscious of it. And, you know, I, I leave the heating on for when we're closed Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't turn it off for three days because I don't want the pipes to freeze up, but it's on low. So what else can you do? Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, really? There isn't much. Like, it's restaurant businesses now. Like, it's a challenge for everywhere, but, like, you you pinch from every side. So, you know, we're all trying to give our staff more money um, less time. The government want fucking more money from us. Mm-hmm. The produce are going up. And the bills are going up. So every side, and you can't keep putting that cost on the customer. Yeah, yeah. So then that, which is our only revenue in, mm-hmm. but every, you're being squeezed from everything. You can't just keep putting the price no, up. exactly, yeah. So it's yeah, the, it's, it's probably, it's the most challenging it's been for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I bet. I think also what, because I've, I've always worked in media. So coming in from my point of view, like obviously I won't have to ever think about the same sort of overheads that you do with running mm. a business like this, but one thing that frustrates me is I know how the media works in terms of like whether it's radio, TV, whatever, clickbait and mm. the things that get people engaged are things that around crisis. Yeah. And yes, all those things are real in terms of like, you know, prices of energy have gone up to get them in uh, mm-hmm. to this country. So therefore it goes up. But then we, how we talk about it in media stirs everyone. Okay. And then yeah. that accelerates the panic even quicker. So they are real things. Energy bills have gone up and stuff. But how you deliver we, it? We start reacting quicker and faster and almost frenzy it ourselves because we are made to feel like we're panicking. Yeah. So it almost makes it like 
a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like we talk these things into existence even more like than the, if they went under the radar. Like toilet rolls at COVID. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, an upshot is the whole panic. You know, there's frost outside. Better go and get some bread. Oh, everyone's getting bread. Oh, there's panic buying bread, even though there's no frost tomorrow. Like, yeah. that's that's how, uh, and that 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 is the thing that wires me up the most because whilst these things are real, they get accelerated to this ridiculous degree that we all start reacting so ridiculously that mm. it does become worse because we're all jumping on this, oh, fuck, the world's ending. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. so hard to break that cycle. But the media are, as a whole are so good at it. So good. They? And that's so their, and good. remember, their job, you know, you could even argue with the BBC, whatever, um, their job is to get either money or views. Yeah. So the way they phrase things and get us involved is to make us feel like there's a crisis. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's why we click and that's why we care. If it starts, look, don't worry about this, it's all good. Oh, God, I, well, yeah. But the cost to live in. After a while, we go, no need to look at the news anymore because they just yeah. tell you that everything's okay. Yeah. So if there's, yeah, constantly, exactly. there's a crisis, you better come back tomorrow because there'll be another one. And That's I think like all the... of us as uh, society are guilty of falling for it. Definitely. Everybody. Yeah, I don't blame Even people. people that like, you know, like I got angry with people like filling their trolleys up with toilet roll. Yeah. But I'll still look <laughs> at the articles <laughs> yeah. and yeah. engage with it. Yeah. And because you go, oh, fucking all these mugs buying toilet roll, but there is only one less, so I better grab some because Otherwise, I won't have any. And then you do. <laughs> yeah. So you're not you're not buying into the hype, but you're having to react to people's reactions. Yeah, that's that is what a chain reaction. That's yeah. the chain reaction. It's like with COVID with a flower as well, and everyone's getting mad oh, about yeah, flour. Yeah. And so, well, I <laughs> fucking want to make bread and pasta because I'm going to be bored as shit. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Well, I it's better not, get some. Yeah, yeah. But, you <laughs> but know fortunately, it, I grabbed it from here. <laughs> you, yeah, you know it's not life or death, but in your mind, you're like, but I get, I better grab some if there's going to be none because I don't want to have none. Yeah. So merry-go-round honestly. yeah yeah it is it uh, is well um you know and com- something cynically something companies are good at the government are good at is as well create the problem sell the solution oh yeah so those it? flower companies must have been like this is fucking amazing yeah this is brilliant yeah like with the petrol going mental yeah. last year God, they created the that? problem and sold the solution yeah you know, that that one always baffles me the most because i just don't know how any of it works it's probably really naive of me but it is mental that we we're paying over two quid a litre and, yeah. then, and then six months later, it's like one forty-seven again. I'm like, what? Yeah. So what? what? I, I almost <laughs> it's just because it's a, not in the news anymore. Is that why? From a cynical point of view, I I saw it as we were we weren't happy paying about one fifty, right? So if you skyrocket it and then bring it back down, it seems a lot cheaper. Yeah. yeah in yeah. six months a year down the line, doesn't yeah. it? So now I got it for one forty-six yesterday. I was like, fuck, that's cheap. Filled so to the brim. <laughs> but that wasn't cheap. Yes, last week, last year. Yeah. Before it skyrocketed. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But oh. I don't know the ins and outs of it. I don't know nah, how that economy works. Can't Everyone moaned. Can't like, to crude out. oil was cheapest it has, but it's more expensive. I don't know. I, I, no, I have no idea. Yeah, too busy. Give me a bit. <laughs> oh, one thing I wanted to chat to you about was talking about like meals like at home, like you, you feel like you're doing the same ones all the time, but then also you find a new one and you feel like you do, you exhaust that. <laughs> yeah, it's classic. I am in that at the moment with uh, yogurt flatbreads. Oh, okay. They go with so many things, but it's so much more fun than just having like some rice or just like, you know, or buying in crappy naans, for, yeah. for so example. So you make your own flatbreads yeah, so with yogurt own. in the flour. Yeah, but like, I don't know. So it can be a bit hit or miss. Okay. And I don't know what the variables are. And I'm not thinking about it hard enough to know what I'm doing differently every time. Mm. But some recipes I find online are like, don't need it much. Like just combine it. And, oh, okay. And then other ones are like need it to fuck like you do it. And I don't know. Have you off the top of your head? Do you head, go yeast like, or no yeast? No yeast. Unleavened completely, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Just yogurt, self-raising flour and a bit of olive oil. Self-raising flour. Yeah. So oh, is that weird? 
that weird? Um, well, to be honest, it's so hard because there are when you start There's looking millions. at the world of flatbreads. Yeah. I mean, just ones you can buy. You've got yeah. all your pitters, your wraps. How many different types of wraps? All your naan yeah. breads, and then so many. like every country's got their own versions, haven't yeah. they? Yeah, and I think part breads. of the charm of them is that they're a bit rough and ready. So you, it's not like you sub. It's not like you. Um, sacrifice the quality mm. but there's a part of you that like, it's so rough and ready you can't go too far wrong yeah it'll taste good to fine but yeah. it's quick and easy like it's a flatbread do you know what i mean yeah but i still want to get it down a bit more pat so i didn't know if there was like a do you have a go-to one or what is the sort um, of principles of it um d- depend depends what i'm doing i haven't made them in a while i've got a nice recipe with milk in mm. I'll, I'll give you that okay that works really well it's on my Masterclass, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, um, great plug. Well it's really, um, <laughs> really simple. I, I've always needed them, work them because you need to work the gluten. I don't work the shit out of them because you can sometimes when you come to rolling them, they just stretch out and they're not yeah, yeah. not thin enough. Is um, that with yeast? That one? I can't remember. Okay. Because I've done so many with and so many without. Yeah, yeah. I think that's without. Got it. Where, where's your issue? Is it like the thickness? Does it? Yeah. Like, so yeah. So sometimes. Try doing on your pasta machine. No. Yeah, try that. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a great way to roll it out. Yeah. Sometimes, if it is a bit spring, a bit too glutinous, it springs back in. Yeah. Especially if it's not rested long enough. Yeah, exactly. Try it on your pasta machine. Don't Obviously, don't take it to its thinnest setting. Yeah, yeah, of course. You probably need to get one or two down. Yeah. Roll it on that and then cut it out. But you in, get gen- it consistent. you in general would need it quite a bit. You wouldn't just combine it and then that'll do. Like Yeah, I've never just done a combine. Oh, okay. No, that feels a little bit alien to yeah, me. Yeah, it does. I mean, it sounds odd. But I've, I've done it a few times, then sometimes it feels like it's, it's like puffed up beautifully in the pan. Yeah. When I was just like, oh, do I? Uh, it's ah, back okay. on me. I've well, no yeah, I'll, g- I'll give you. I'll give you my recipe. I'll get it up after this and give that a go. Lovely. I, I quite like the milk in it. It just gives it this kind of creamy back. Yeah. But sometimes I'll just do it, it with no fat, just water, flour. Yeah, and like a plain flour, and get it really thin, almost like like kind of roti or chapati, that kind of thing. Yeah, I love that sort of thing. Yeah. The sort of stuff we're doing, it's like some slow cooked meats and stuff, and then like pickled veg, just all piled up, oh, and that's nice. it. And it's Bang just it. so easy, or you know, maybe a bit of mayo, a bit of yogurt over the top, cucumber. Yeah. Just, but that is we're doing it all the time. Like in six mm. months, we'll never do it again, probably. But with yeah. all the time, so like, should we get some flatbreads out tonight? Yeah. You need to start a repertoire. Like when you like something, yeah. and you get it in a file. Yeah, you're right. And then you can look back Fucking next yeah. year, and you be like, oh shit, yeah. Because it's do insane that. how quickly you forget. Like I almost sometimes feel like if someone said tomorrow make a dinner, I'd be like spaghetti bolognese. I can't think of. An- <laughs> I cannot think of another meal in the world other than. Do you know what I mean? Like you yeah. just get in this headspace. Too many. Yeah. It's if you so narrow cool. it down, you think of more, don't you? Of course. Yeah, if yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. give me an anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, even now, I'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know what to share. But you say, right, give me, a, give me a, a Thai meal. Then you start thinking of several Thai ones. But if someone just give me a meal from around the world, you're like, fuck, it's fuck. too many. Yeah, yeah. Pizza, blank. Let's yeah. get Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. Oh, the other thing I was going to ask was, and I didn't know this was like a stupid question, but every time I salt boiling water for rice or pasta yeah i feel like i it's never seasoned right and i still have to add salt at the end naturally because like does this part of the salt like evaporate do you like if i'm seasoning food i feel i feel like i get that right most times now but i feel like i have to chuck fuck loads of salt in salted boiling water and that doesn't like when you watch tv shows and stuff that doesn't seem to be they just say salted boiling water should they be saying way more salt than usual in the salted boiling water depending on what italian you speak to some say salt it like the sea some say don't and some say salt it a bit. Oh, fuck. For me, it's like when you get to that dish, you should be adding more salt. Unless you're making like, um, so you're making a classic carbonara. You're adding parmesan, you're adding the guanciale or the um, 
the panchata yeah. if you can't get that both salty so you're not really needing course, anymore yeah. Yeah, yeah. the thing is with salt in water is you you're pouring most of the water it. away ah, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I always heavily salt pasta water um, but you're pouring most of the water is the salt is in the water mm -hmm. some of it goes into the pasta so you're naturally going to add more but for me i feel like you should yeah so you Makes should sense. never be in the pish, uh, position again carbonara side where you don't want to add more salt for me because it's it comes back to like we spoke about it before layers of flavor yeah yeah sure so you salt your water you get it in your dish, might use a bit of pasta water in it. Yeah, yeah. And then your, your, your sauce or whatever you combine in it with is effectively diluting that pasta. So mm. then a little bit more. It's always layers and layers of seasoning Got for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and you just taste, season, taste again. Mm -hmm. Pasta water, though, is often, like, I often use a bit of that in the meal I'm making, like to add to the sauce, because it just has that, like, it thickens it up a little without well, just being. Does it not? People will disagree with me on this, and Italians will probably. It doesn't thicken anything, doesn't it? It doesn't thick. It well, lets you, it down. Because you, you assume you're adding water, but I assume because of the starch that's come off the thing that it must no. be like scientific. I use it because mm. it makes sense and yeah, yeah. seasoned. Yeah, it's seasoned and stuff. Water, yeah. And obviously, it's a really traditional thing in Italy, um, and you can't diss it. Yeah, and I'm. You know, I'm writing a pasta book at the moment. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you'd be I'll saying add pasta water. direct people to use it because it makes sense rather than just, just using tap water. Yeah, yeah. But pasta water doesn't thicken anything. It lets uh, it down. You're adding water to yeah. it. Yeah, there's starch in it, but it's such a minimum amount. You'd have to reduce it right down to extract sure. the starch, right? thickener. So if you think about the way sauces work, like say, again, let's go back to carbonara, right? What's thickening the carbonara, not the pasta water you're adding. You add the pasta water to let it down. Yeah. So the egg, it's the, the egg, liaison yeah. of the egg, when that's just cooking, oh. that glosses it up and thickens. So the egg is thickening the sauce. Or sometimes it's the butter thickening the sauce, mm -hmm. or the cheese, or the tomato. But sometimes if it's not glossy or it's not coming together, it's a bit thick, you add a bit of pasta water and it helps. Sure. It lets it down. But, but actually anyone, what you're doing is just adding water regardless yeah, of whether it's from pasta or not. Exactly. Anyone, oh. a lot of people who disagree with me, but anyone who... Who, any chef that wants to tell me wow. that pasta water thickens it, they're wrong. This like, scientifically, it's fucking wrong. Yeah, that, this I'm feels like a it. bit of a breakthrough one. Because I've seen so many people on Instagram and things, they've even done tutorials where it's like, and then add your pasta, and remember, save that pasta water for later. And they're like, bottle it, and then use it for another dish in a few days time and stuff as if it's like pre like gold dust it's yeah. like a precious thing that you can only get as a byproduct from cooking your pasta no it, it just it makes sense to use I'm not disagreeing with the point of it but sure. like I see it on TikTok and there's some fantastic Italian cooks you know that make pasta much better mm. than me um, but, it's but they'll say add the pasta water to thicken it it's like that part is wrong it's yeah. scientifically wow. fucking wrong that is mind blowing yeah, you you get the same result-ish, or pretty much the same result, if you were to just add a couple of spoons of tap water. Yeah. yeah. If you take it back to the most basic level, right? If you've got a, a weak sauce, a, thi a thin sauce, and you want to thicken it by adding something, you don't add Any something water. thin. Yeah, you yeah. add something thick. Yeah. So even if you wanted to do, say you're doing a sort of a cheats way of making mm. a bechamel, you add a bermanier. So you've got your flour and butter paste, yeah. and you add that to it. 
you wouldn't add starchy milk. Of course, yeah. That makes perfect it just, sense. Just does it. And a lot of the time when you're cooking pasta, you do lots of boiling salted water. Yeah. So the starch ratio is really low. Yeah. But, but even I, suppose, if, I suppose at the very least then what we're saying is if you're using it, it does make sense because one, it's already there by you. It's, it's hot seasoned. And it's seasoned. And so it does have benefits, but it's just not the thickening part. Yeah, some of the starch in it might help with some of the glossiness. I will like die on this hill. This is, this I is, will die on this hill. It does not thicken it. Breakthrough. Breakthrough, yeah, and it's it's like it's like those things that you're told in cooking as a chef, and people just sort of take on, and the the result is great, so you don't question it, but you've got yeah. to question everything you do. Yeah, it's course. like the old seal the steak to steal it, seal in the flavour. Yeah, it doesn't work. No, of course not. People, I still hear people saying, and I'm not sealing the flavour, sorry, sealing the juices. Yeah, juices. People yeah. still say it now. I saw a chef on TikTok talking about it, massive following. Good chef, good for talking about creating this seal like a balloon around this. <laughs> so, no, that's just yeah. Like, Sci- scientifically wrong. Scientifically wrong. Yeah, yeah, put one in the oven for an hour, one in the oven for ten minutes, and weigh them after they've been sealed. <laughs> great, great. And one of them's lost a lot more weight because its moisture's gone. It's there's not your ne- sealed in it. There's your next TikTok video. There, right yeah. There. Weighing two bits of meat cooked differently yeah. to show you exactly. Hester did that years ago to oh, prove it. Yeah, like two pieces of steak sealed on both yeah you know we should say seared because that's what you're doing yeah but sealed yeah sealed we're using the word sealed as well that's part of the problem isn't it yeah exactly and then you put one in the oven cooked it while done and one rare way on yeah and you just see the the juices physically coming out of it so yeah yeah. i don't need to tell you but people still people some people still think that is a thing and it's not mind blown fucking mind blown any others like this that you think you've got out there? Please tell them. I guess these are myths, aren't they? Again, going back yeah. to myths. They yeah, come up they all are. the time, but there's so many in the kitchen. Yeah, and it's difficult. Like when it's such a part of culture and food, like Italian, you don't want to disrespect it. Mm. But if they say that, they're wrong. Yeah. Like I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just, it's wrong. But like you say, it's just, I'll it's do it just the it thickening part because it makes sense to use it because it's, it's hot totally and different. it's seasoned water. So it's better than tap water from that point of view. But it's not a thickening agent, obviously. Yeah. Like That's if you make is. a proper ragu alla bolognese, like a mm. spaghetti bolognese, you, you know, you get your flat pasta, you mix it with your bolognese. Your bolognese is thick. Yeah. It's got some, like substance. Yeah. It, it doesn't mix. You add a bit of the pasta water and it loosens it. Yeah, of course. It brings it together and it glosses up. Making me feel nicely. like an idiot. <laughs> so true though. It's obvious. It's nice to say it because I keep seeing it. <laughs> it's nice to get it off my chest. Obviously yeah. now I'm spending several <laughs> hours a week doing really in-depth research about pasta and historic dishes. Yeah. And I see it used a lot mm. and it's like, oh, this is, true. we could do this for a future podcast, but, um, because in, I guess in doing that research, you'll have learned a lot about the intricacies of the dinner. Because all these like things like uh, spaghetti bolognese and mm. uh, carbonaras and stuff, how we do them in this country, very different. But even differences around Italy of how they do them. Yeah. We'd love yeah. to, we should talk a bit more oh, yeah, about we those can, as we definitely. go. Because well, they're fascinating. full of so much random stuff at the moment. Uh, there's some really traditional Italian dishes that in some parts of Italy, they would scoff at garlic being in there for example yeah. like what and we'd be like well obviously garlic is it? and it, so it's like stuff like that i think it's fascinating we need to yeah, delve even, in even bolognese like traditionally from bologna and yeah there's several different recipes yeah, so, some have it. no tomatoes in yeah in some have milk yeah. in at the end yeah milk yeah and i do that yeah it was a lovely way to finish yeah it. yeah lovely yeah and some use veal some use beef some use pork some use oh. a mixture it's, yeah we, we need to talk it's my fucking favorite cuisine in the world i think so oh, i think we need amazing. to we need to talk about that more um, want to say thank you so much to everyone that rated and reviewed our podcast this week uh, Marie Connor Connor 86 who we got here Jim W and then Max I think 
very long name on the some of these handles. It's like your first email address. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? It's like Hot Bunny seventy nine. Like what? you can't be having that as an adult. Yeah. Uh, but they've all put the fantastic, like great podcast. Listen for a bit. Top pod, great pod. Listen for a bit whilst working in a chippy. So good. All of them. Listen for a bit. Give it a listen for a bit. Uh, yeah, this CV took off, man. It was just so good, wasn't it? The, yeah. the whole chippy thing. <laughs> yeah, I've had a lot of people bit. message me about it. Yeah, yeah it's great. It's Please send any more. Any other for a bit uh, podcast rating re- reviews. They really help us get us up the charts. I think we're going to the top 10 this week, actually. Yeah, I think oh, so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're back. Going. Top of the pop star. We're back. <laughs> um, we've got a few questions, actually, as well. I thought we'd do a couple to finish off today's pod. Um, there was one from Chris who said, is surf and turf overrated? It's probably quite a generalized question. But, yeah, um, you see it on menus, like, I guess in pubs and things still. It's, but a, stra- it's a strange Traditionally, thing we're thinking like prawns and steak, aren't we? Or something like that. In most, I think that's is that your, what you all your go sort to? of harvester. Yeah. The skewer yeah. of prawns. Skewer of prawns on the side of a steak wet and chips. Steak. Um, <laughs> it's a strange question, the way it's worded in the sense of, is it overrated? Because I've never heard anyone be like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, love surf What's your favourite meal? Surf and turf. Yeah. yeah so no, overrated is a strange way to put it. But the combination of surf and turf is actually quite common. In, yeah. We, especially in Michelin star venues. And exactly. Stuff, you, you know, chicken fat with, with oxtail. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, chicken, yeah, chicken fat, like a chicken fat hollandaise with some fish. Yeah. Or like langoustines and pork belly is just mm. a fucking winner. Like yeah. the sweetness of the langoustine. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Fatty, it's that sweet and pork. salty. It's the whole. Yeah. So if anything, it's underrated. <laughs> it's just been bastardized by shit. Yeah. Steakhouses, yeah, yeah, because my go-to is that shit version there. So yeah. it has that the surf and turf sort of in quote at that idea. Yeah, sounds awful. I think the the wording yeah. is corny and hack. What is your? Have you got a go-to favorite combination though of like a dish that you've either put on the menu or it's just like fish with meat? But this is like. I think it's got to be along the, like a really meaty fish, like I say, a monkfish, maybe a turbot or, or cod mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. with some kind of braised beef with Love the right that. amount of acidity around the dish to, to make it work. But that's stunning. I used to do a cod one here with, I think we did, what did we do? Like some sort of parsley velouté, but like braised shin of beef, mm. but a really refined one. So I press the shin, dice it up make a beautiful beef shin sauce and then Ooh. fold it back through it last second. Lovely. Like with the cod, it was stunning. Glaze all the cod up like that shit just it's works. It's making me salivate yeah. that. Well, like, like, um, like years ago, um, we used to see it a lot. You don't see it so much anymore. Like an oxtail ravioli with turbot. Beautiful. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, beef fat hollandaise I've done with fish before. Oh, fucking hell. Like with some pickled mushrooms. And I haven't eaten yesterday. I've had caviar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wanker. Oh, stop. Flash bastard. <laughs> uh, we'll do one more before we go. We've got, low, we've got more, more questions. We can do these next week. So please send them to us either via Paul or via me or the, the nightcap underscore pod on Instagram, Twitter, etc., etc. What do you, uh, from Ian, what do you predict the food trends of 2023 are going to be? It's quite a good question, but in terms of like either you're from a Michelin star chef head or a TikTok head, what are like the, what, what do you, Think um, will be big this it's year. It's hard to say. I get this question every sort of November, December, or sometimes I get it from media or mm. something. I want to know what they are, and it's hard. It's hard to predict, especially as I'm like um, I'm very anti-trend in that sure. sense. Yeah, of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Spe- I always go back to what Glimper now said years ago because Pierre Gagnier said to him is to be the fashion is to not be the fashion oh yeah oh fucking hell you know, that's good that is good I've never been a trend follower I'm not that's saying good. I'm a trendsetter nah but, sure 
I'm just too stubborn. We do what we want to do. Yeah, really. Fucking hell, I love that. Love that. It is. I think Clint had it tattooed on him. Did he? Yeah, yeah. But Pierre Gagnier said it to him, and he was it was like super cool moment. That is really him. cool. Yeah, to yeah. be the fashion is to not be the fashion. It's it's true, isn't it? It's brilliant. You know, not yeah. not it's a sheep, great, great not philosophy. follower. Great um, philosophy. But yeah, I think the, a, a, in restaurants like this, trends fall differently depending on the style of restaurant or mm. the of type of consumer. But I think even more so on you know restaurants like us and other restaurants more go, pushing more of regenerative farming and yeah, focus yeah. focus on that. Like it's not a trend per se, but I think there's going to be much more focus on that and provenance, etc. It's been around for years, but it will get more and more so. Yeah, yeah. I I can't believe we've not even talked about this yet. I can't remember whether I've spoken to you outside of the podcast, but I went to uh, Michael Caine's gaff. Oh yes, to yeah. record a podcast for someone mm. else. I was just there as like a producer, and that whole weekend was around regenerative. Oh. And he did like a he did a a little taster menu like lunch menu and it was all based on every ingredient you could only get within like 10 miles of the front door and it was it was really inspiring but we we had like there's a seminar before as well about it's not just about the flavor and stuff but it's about how preserving it for the environment how it's good for the environment how it goes back makes you feel bloody hell we are so neglectful and wasteful when it comes to food and we're so like we talked about the other day i bought some broccoli from a local shop that was like a corner shop and mm. on the back it said made in nigeria yeah and i felt shit about myself after that like yeah. i really did i was like well i'm buying it because it's so convenient yeah and it's like god but what are we doing i'm buying a, a plant that grew in africa <laughs> like <laughs> what are we doing yeah you're, you're right it's just crazy I, th- I think it part comes back to what we were talking about with plastic last week mm. and how it's the, the guilt is on the consumer yeah yeah 100 percent but the solution isn't on the consumer. Yeah. You know, there, there needs to be like the right education and the right um, systems and the right food systems in place for the consumer to make it easy for the consumer. Absolutely. And I mean, for those providing it to still make money because they've got a business exactly. to run. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, it's it's widely regarded now that regenerative farm is much better for the planet than anything else. Like, like I've said before, if, you know, if we all ate red meat every day, you know, we'd need factory farming everywhere which is not good for the planet but if, if we all went completely vegan i don't think that'd be good for the planet either it's about a balance yeah. in the middle of proper farming yeah. you know, regenerative where that you know the the cows or whatever they are they're eating the grass they're fertilizing the grass with their shit and you know you've just got this proper ecosystem building up and it's it's the better better way to farm yeah um it's expensive generally that's, at yeah, the moment but there's, it, there's, there's things yeah. the government could do they could sub- subsidize it mm-hmm. rather than subsidizing some of the things they currently do yeah so there's options that they could do there you know i'm going to give a little plug actually now slow food uk i don't know whether you've come across these guys. i've come across yeah. them yeah awesome I, I spoke to a few of them a few of the team there when i was down with michael Keynes. and basically if you go to their website they have a list of of food you can get in the uk now that's seasonal and sustainable yeah um so you know whether it's there's like hundreds of different types of apples on there but there's also mushrooms there's also like deer and it will Mm. tell you the time of year and go and go and get these things now because they're good quality also because part of the problem is about the window Mm. because some things don't travel well yeah so that's also the other thing of like right there's a window of about two weeks when the specific apple in the uk is great go and get that now and then don't go for it again like we said at the beginning of the podcast about seasonality and things come and go it's like it's good now now it's gone got to ignore that let's move on to the next thing let's enjoy it while it's there yeah and 
is it's that education yeah, and so you know, much it was mind so many consumers just don't don't know i mean you getting to know more being in the world of food and mm. being interested in it but people go to a supermarket because it's what they've oh, always done exactly it's december they want some strawberries they yeah. don't they don't <laughs> notice that they look shit no they don't notice that they rock hard, yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're not questioning it. But it's education, you're right. Systems, supplies. It, it shouldn't take a like an invite only producing a podcast <laughs> opportunity to go down to Michael Caine's to learn about slow food. Like yeah. that is not a normal way to be educated about that. The more we all talk about it, the better yeah. that it will become. I yeah. believe. But yeah, it is it does piss me off when things like that happen? Like when I went to the Balfrey on Sunday, Marie oh, yeah, took me it? for Christmas. Lovely spa yeah. day. I love yeah, a spa you day. Fucking love a spa day. Honestly, I like a spa day. <laughs> spa day wine and food. Like, mate, fucking what more great, do you want? I'm yeah. getting old now. Like, <laughs> like, did all the spa stuff. It was nice, chilled out, and then like we had like a late lunch, so we didn't really want dinner. Um, so we just went down to the bar. We sat at the bar for like four hours. Got a lovely bar there. Mm. Ordered a bottle of Boinger. Fuck it. Oh, Let's yes, get mate. Get a nice Baller. bottle of champagne in. Yeah, yeah. And then, and that was all I wanted, but it, just, it really annoyed me. They bought, um, it was like a, kind of like a martini glass with a little crushed ice in it. And those are strawberries all sticking out of it. Oh, so really? what the fuck are they doing? Yeah. Like they were half white, half red. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you, you kind of like, just don't give me anything. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. this whole expectation of you have to have strawberries with champagne or something, regardless of the time like of year. That. You don't. Just give me the good champagne and don't give me some out of season. <laughs> Bring me some shit strawberries. Something seasonal, like some quince jam on the side of you. So it's seasonal. <laughs> You'd never want that. But do you know what I mean? Like, oh, at least they gave me something yeah. in season. Just give me some fucking nuts and olives. Yeah. I know they're not from the UK, but. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's just things like that really, but it's ingrained of that's what we do. Is, People yeah. aren't questioning it. Yeah, so true. Yeah. Oh, great. Anything else to add before we head off? No, I don't think so. No, I think. Much on for the rest of the day today? Um, yeah, got a bit on. got a party up here tonight. Lovely. Do you yeah. look forward to that? Yeah, it's good. I'd like to engage with customers. I always, yeah. always have really cook and engage, entertain. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. We were saying that before we started recording today, how, how much it's changed for chefs in general from say 20 years ago, like you're just in front of the customer's face a bit more, aren't you now? Yeah, it's weird if you ever had to, when I was coming up, that if you had to walk past a guest in a guest area and you're like, yeah. totally change you, you're like, oh. Hello. It's like Kevin and Perry. Hello, Miss Patson. <laughs> <laughs> Sister Miss Patson, sorry, yeah. Miss Patson. Yeah. yeah. No, it's so true. It's completely different now. But now, I, I, you know, years in, I, I just I can be myself. Yeah. Yeah. And people want that. They want you to be normal. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. But no, I enjoy it up here. It's good. It's good. Nice. Thing. Lovely. Um, again, send us your questions at the nightcap underscore pod, Instagram, Twitter. You can send it to Paul, send it to me, whatever you want. And please leave us your ratings and reviews. All you have to do is five stars and say, listen for a bit. That's it. Yeah. It's that absolutely. easy. Listen for a bit, five stars and yeah. review. Yeah, perfect. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Mm-hmm.